God bless you. Thank you for watching KCHF TV in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's a blessing to be able to share with you during this telecast. We want to honor the Lord Jesus Christ uh, for allowing us this time to get into the Word and study the Word. I want to give a praise report that uh, we are beginning to minister in the prisons. Uh, we're going to Los Lunas, to Santa Fe, uh, Grants, and then we're also doing the women's prison in Springer. Uh, mentioning the women's prison, I have a huge prayer request for the saints watching throughout the city of Albuquerque, throughout the state of New Mexico, wherever you are watching from. I want you to pray specifically for the women at Western New Mexico Prison in Grants. They call that the South Facility. We know that uh, the women's prison in Grants was the only prison in the state of New Mexico for many years. Uh, when they shut down the Santa Fe prison, it used to be the women's prison in Santa Fe, and then they moved them to Grants, and Grants has been the women's facility for many, many years now. And then we know we have two prisons, so the prison population in New Mexico for women has gone up. Uh, that's why we have two prisons. Now, the Lord has opened the door in Springer, New Mexico, which I hailed from in 1996. Those of you that have read my testimony, if you listened to our broadcast, you've known my testimony that the Lord pulled me out of Springer, New Mexico in 1996. I graduated from Mountain View High School, which was the school that was accreditation for the New Mexico Boys School there in Springer. Uh, but the uh, Grants Women's Prison, uh, you know, there's not any type of volunteerism taking place there. And we get letters uh, from the women requesting our Bible study resources and discipleship, and they're hungry for the things of God, but the door has not opened yet. So how many of you guys know in the book of Revelation, the Lord says, I am the Lord who shuts a door no man can open. And I also have a door open for you that no man can shut. And so right now, I want you just to intercede, if you would, over the next week. You know, we want to hear from you. Call us or email us on the number and the email on your screen. Uh, we want to hear that you're joining us in prayer for open doors to be opened throughout the state for every prison in the state of New Mexico. And so Grant's prison for the women is one that we're praying for. Uh, we believe that there are many women there that want the things of God and want to learn and want to be part of, of the ministry. And so we just pray that you would just uh, intercede for the women in, in Grants, New Mexico. Pray for that ministry for us, that it would be open. And there's a lot of logistics and security and just different things that take place on how to get volunteers in there. Uh, my wife and I recruited recently six new volunteers and you know the, the requirements for volunteers has actually increased, especially with the mandates of vaccinations. And we know that you know a lot of people have made the choice not to vaccinate. Um, and so the state is requiring that, which I'm not opposed to it because for me it's a mission field that the Lord has sent us to. And so you know I am. Um, I'm a volunteer for the state of New Mexico Corrections Facility, and so I count it a privilege to be able to go in and minister the Word of God. And I tell you, the results and just the mail and the testimonies and the praise reports that we're receiving is tremendous. And so I want you to pray for that, pray for the continuation of ministry. And, you know, when we're not able to physically be there, present, in skin, we thank God for this TV station who has answered the call to go therefore and make disciples. And so Matthew 28 is the Great Commission. That's the mission been assigned to the church. You know, you might not be a part of a local church or maybe you are a local church and you're gathering just with a few people. 
You say, Lord, it's time for us to go gather into the highways and the byways and invite those into the banquet hall. And, you know, that's what this ministry is. This is a, a banquet hall ministry where we're gathering and we're sending out workers into the harvest to the highways and the byways to gather the Lord's sheep. Now, we know that a lot of people that are incarceration, obviously they're incarcerated for for their own crimes, and that's the punishment. The penal system was was created for for their punishment and for the rehabilitation or restitution. But how many of you guys know that in prison is where God sent the apostle Paul, known as Saul, who persecuted the church and who arrested Christians, dragging off men and women into prison. And God says, now I'm going to reverse the blessing, Paul, and I'm going to arrest you and make you my prisoner. But Paul from prison was able to be determined to finish his race and the ministry which God has called him to do. You know, I tell the inmates, and my family knows this, and those that have partnered with us in ministry, I didn't choose prison ministry. You know, I didn't say, oh, I'd like to go to prison ministry, and I'd like to travel and go to every prison. I don't get paid to go to prisons. I don't get paid enough to volunteer for the state of New Mexico. But I do it because the Lord assigned me there. The Lord put a burden on my heart for prisoners. And I really believe that it is the last day's harvest that Jesus Christ is gathering from the prison. So if you're watching us and, and you have a loved one in prison, Maybe you have a nephew or a niece or a brother or a sister. Maybe you had a grandfather or a father in prison. You say, Lord, I pray that you would reach them in there. I pray that you would uh, call them and assign them in there. Take them out of there and make them fruitful. I believe that the Lord Jesus Christ would do that. And that's what we're ministering on today. Uh, I have a lesson that I would like to impart with you. And it's, it's a sermon and a lesson, but it's also an encouragement for the church of Jesus Christ that we need to look for profitable relationships. You know, in the Bible, there are uh, unprofitable relationships and then there's profitable relationships. So we're going to look at it. You know, I wouldn't lie to you. It's in black and white. My pastor used to say that it's in black and white. Let's read the scripture and find out how God can take an unprofitable uh, young man and make him profitable you know maybe like joseph others found a profit by using you and hurting you and the bible says that joseph's brothers sold him into slavery but even then at the end of his life he says you intended it for evil but god intended it for your good and the Bible says that God was able to save Joseph and also save the whole nation of Israel by assigning Joseph as a posterity for the people. And so when God takes one life and he takes them out of their environment, it's because he has a useful plan for their life. You know, I just left the prison this morning in Los Lunas and I had a full room of men, convicts, that had been convicted, felons. And I said to you, you think that your life is useless you think that you're not useful tomorrow no, no more you think that you can't be salt and light to your children and your family from here then you're mistaken because if you read the gospels if you read the prison epistles paul the apostle a servant of the lord the bible says a bond slave he calls himself a bond slave and a prisoner of the lord said 
from prison. I know what it's like to live in prosperity. I know what it's like to be abased. And I know what it's like to have abundance. But he says, nevertheless, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It was Paul from prison who preached to the church to gird up your loins. He preached to stir up your faith. He preached to the apostle Peter, to Timothy. And he said, to stir up your faith and do not neglect the gift that is in you. By the laying on of hands. And, you know, this morning, I don't know if you've been living idle or you've been living unprofitable. Maybe you feel like you're unprofitable. And you've been thinking, Lord, I don't make a difference. I can't make a difference. I don't have a testimony. I have nothing to share. I have nothing to give. Maybe you feel like you're at the end of your life. You're at the last end of your dreams or you're at the end of your rope. This morning, I want to encourage you to find someone to encourage. That's the kind of relationships we need in these last days is we need encouragers, encouragers and inspirers that would inspire us to go further, to dream bigger, to uh, reach the heights that God has for us. Jesus said, it is a blessing that I am going away because if I go away, then you will do greater things. Could you imagine that Jesus himself out of his own voice said, you, my apostles, you, my disciples, the church of Jesus Christ, you will do greater things because I'm going to the Father. Jesus didn't say, oh, no, 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 I'm God. I'm the Son of God and only I can do great things. No, God, the Father through Jesus Christ says, you will do great things. You will do great things. The Bible says in the book of Daniel that in the last days that the men and women of God who know their God will do great exploits. And this morning I want to challenge you. You're useful to the Lord in ministry. You're useful to somebody living in darkness. You're useful to somebody maybe walking the streets. You're useful to someone living in a prison cell. Maybe they're not in prison physically, but maybe they're in a prison uh, of sickness or they're a prison of loneliness or depression. Maybe they're in a prison of, uh, uh, of suicidal thoughts. You know, this weekend we were in a gathering and, and they said how uh, during the pandemic, especially in the last five years, how the suicidal, just suicidal thoughts has skyrocketed among uh, our young people. And so if you are being tempted or having thoughts of suicide, of taking your life, of harming yourself or harming others because your life has been so low and so lonely. Maybe you've hit, it, you've hit the bottom of depression. I want to tell you that there's life and life more abundantly through Jesus Christ. Reach out to us. We would like to minister to you. We'd like to pray for you. So we want you to reach out to us if that is you. So let's go on to our text this morning that we have in 2 Timothy. It's our first text in verse uh, 16 of chapter 1 of 2 Timothy. The Bible says, Hold fast to the pattern of sound words. Here's what Paul is teaching Timothy. He says, Which you have heard from me in faith and love, which are in Jesus Christ. What Paul is telling Timothy is, Hold fast to sound words that you have heard from me. He's telling Timothy, he's encouraging Timothy to hold fast to sound words. Hold fast to the, the teaching of the gospel. You know, we could preach philosophy. We could preach ideas. We can teach out of the box or in the box ideas. And we can inspire people. We could be great speakers. But God says, I want you to hold fast to the pattern of sound words, of right words, of properly uh, uh, presenting the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I listen to uh, 
Pastor Cash Luna uh, to help with my Spanish language, especially now that we're traveling abroad to Mexico. You know, I have the opportunity of being in Mexico City in November, and then we're going to be in Puebla, Mexico in uh, November, also Huachinango, Puebla, Mexico, and then we're going to the regionist mountains uh, of, of Puebla, Mexico, and Tetala de Ocampo, Puebla, Mexico, and, and we have some pictures to show you, and we have some beautiful friends in ministry there, and uh, I was listening to Pastor Cash Luna to re, kind of re-educate myself in the Spanish language and to properly pronounce certain words and you know it helps me to to read and study in Spanish as I'm listening to, to different Spanish pastors and authors and and he said do we want to be known as the generation of great speakers he said if you were to remove all of the miracles signs and wonders and the supernatural acts of Jesus if you were to remove all those from the Gospels what would we have left? What Jesus would we have left? We would just have a great teacher or a great speaker. And God doesn't just want us to be great speakers and great teachers, but he wants us to be anointed. And I really believe that there is anointing over this generation. There is anointing that God wants to give you by the encouragement of others. Notice Paul said, stir up the gift which is in you. Do not neglect the gift, but stir it up. The gift that was placed on you by the laying on of hands, by the elders. He says, do not neglect it, but stir it up. Stir up the gift that was given to you by the laying on of hands. And I really believe that God wants to bring encouragers into your life. People and men of God that will stir up your gifts, that will give you opportunities to serve, that will give you opportunities to, to do the hands and feet ministry of Jesus Christ. And if you're looking for opportunities to serve, you know, I'm looking for volunteers. I'm putting a plea out for volunteers. If you want to get involved in prison ministry, if you would like to uh, uh, share your testimony with inmates or, or write or, or grade work for us, we are launching a volunteer service on our website. And we want you to be a part of this last day ministry because we need encouragers. I need men and women like Paul's faithful friend, Juan Sephoris, or uh, I forget how to pronounce his name, but it's Juan Sephoris, or he says like this in verse 16, the Lord grant mercy to the household of Juan Sephoris, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. Here's the apostle Paul saying, may God grant mercy to the household of Onsiphorus. That's his name. It came to me. Onsiphorus. Because he refreshed me in my chains. He was not ashamed of me. You know, some families, you know, are ashamed they have loved ones in prison. Or maybe they have a shame of the way loved ones are living. And I'm just here to tell you that if you have a loved one in prison or maybe your family you think has brought shame to your life, I want to tell you that there's mercy when you seek them out. There's mercy for your household when you say, you know what, I'm not ashamed of you, but this isn't you. You can change. You can be pulled out. Your life can go from unprofitable to profitable. And that is what uh, this young man was to Paul. Notice what Paul says in verse 17 of 2 Timothy. He says, but when he arrived in Rome, he sought me out very zealously and found me. Notice that. That's the kind of people we need in the last days. We need unsephoruses who will say, you know what? I'm going to 
Seek out the inmates. I'm going to seek out those prisoners. I'm going to seek out the one that's lost and burdened by sin. I'm going to seek those ones that are burdened by drugs. I'm going to seek them out and I'm going to refresh them. I'm going to search zealously for lost souls in this last day. He says, notice when he arrived in Rome, he sought for me very zealously and he found me. And notice he says, the Lord grant to him that he may find mercy from the Lord in that day. And you know very well how many ways he ministered to me at Ephesus. Here's the Apostle Paul encouraging a brother. He's affirming this brother who was not ashamed of his chains, who sought him out and who ministered to him while he was in chains. I mean, it took a lot to go and look for the Apostle Paul in prison. Could you imagine the Apostle Paul in, in Rome? He was locked in a dungeon, chained to soldiers. And as he was ministering, the Bible says that many deserted him. The Bible says that he talks about Demas. Demas, he says, having loved this world has forsaken me. We've all had Demases in our life, but we've also had uh, Onsiphoruses that have come and supported us supported our ministry and refreshed us. And I, I just want to believe that you're going to be an encourager to someone in the faith today. You're going to be an encourager to someone that is struggling in their faith. Maybe someone that is in bondage and is in chains. May God grant you mercy as you minister to the needs of those that need it most during this time. The Bible says um, in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16 through 18, that this young man, Paul, was sought out Paul. He sought him out to encourage him in the faith. Notice in verse 8, he says, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. This is 2 Timothy 1, verse 8. But share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. Notice there's a certain strength and power of God that comes over a ministry that is not ashamed of the prisoners. Now, I know inmates in the state of New Mexico, not all of them are prisoners, although they're not there because they're being persecuted. I know that. But the Bible says to remember those who are in prison, Hebrews chapter 11, as if you yourself were in prison. He says, and not forgetting that you also are in the body. So the Apostle Paul admonishes us to minister to those. So if you have a loved one in prison, you know what you could be praying? Lord, I pray that they encounter an Apostle Paul. Lord, I pray that they encounter a, a, a once of forest, that they would encounter him. I keep mispronouncing that name, but it's okay. Um, I pray that they would encounter someone that would disciple them, someone that would come alongside of them and says, you know what, you're profitable to the Lord. You're profitable to the kingdom. In the prison, we have men and women uh, that wear purple uniforms because they completed the uh, uh, seminary program that the state offers, and they're the ones that are ministering. They're the ones that are doing the work of the evangelists and the pastors and the teachers in the prison. And, and they're the ones that we go to encourage. They're the ones that we go and, and give leadership training to and teachings to. And, and they're the ones that are encountering these young people in prison. Never in my 25 years of prison ministry have I seen the prison population so young. Young men doing life sentences, 15, 16, 17 years in prison. I mean, their life, you would say they're wasted. They're, they're unuseful. No, I beg to differ. 
If the Lord were to get a hold of them, transform them and conform them into the image of Jesus Christ, God will do great things in their lives. They may never be able to get out of a prison, but they could still be a light in the prison. If you go with me to the book of Philemon, Philemon, Paul is urging Philemon to bring back um, a young man that had had run away from Onesimus, you know, Philemon had a servant named Onesimus. Onesimus was a runaway teenager. He did a lot of damage to his master. He left his master. And the Bible says in the book of of Philemon, Paul says, therefore, though I might be very bold in Christ to command you what is fitting, Paul had the right as an apostle to command the saints. Here he tells Philemon, I can command you as an apostle to do what's right, but I'm pleading with you as a brother in the Lord in the love of Jesus Christ. He says, yet for love's sake, notice, not for law's sake or because of title's sake or position's sake, for love's sake, for the love of Christ's sake, he says, I appeal to you, being such a one as Paul, the age now, also a prisoner of Jesus Christ, I appeal to you for my son, Onesimus, whom I have begotten while in my chains, who once was unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you and to me. He says, I am sending him back to you. Therefore, receive him. That is my own heart. But without your consent, I wanted to do nothing, that your good deed might not be by compulsion, as it were, but voluntarily. He says, for perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose, that you might receive him forever, not as a servant, not as a slave, but as a beloved brother in the Lord. Notice the power of reconciliation. I know relationship separations are bad, hurtful, painful. Ministry separations are bad, hurtful, painful. No one wants to be split apart. No one wants to be torn apart. But Paul says it was useful for him to be departed for you for a while, for a season. Now receive him in the Lord. Paul is saying at one time he was of no use to you, but now he's a profitable not only to you, but also to me. You know, Paul had deserters in his life. Paul had companions who walked with him in ministry. Paul had Barnabas. The Bible says that Paul and Barnabas were, were, were like a hand in glove in ministry. The Bible says that the apostles gave Paul and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship. They had ordained them and they sent them out to ministry. And the Bible says, but they had a disagreement over a young man. And the Bible says they split ways. And then Paul was grieved by that. And I could just imagine Paul writing the book of Acts. In Acts 15, he says like this, then the contention became so sharp. Acts 15:38. The contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. But Saul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren of the grace of God. Notice the Bible says in verse 37, now Barnabas was determined to take John called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take him, the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia, and had not gone on with them to the work. Could you imagine Paul the Apostle having to tell this young man, you departed from me, you left me, I have nothing to do with you. They, they, they basically split ways in ministry, but 
Notice the power of reconciliation. In 2 Timothy 4.11, Paul had a change of heart. The apostle now aged. You know, he wasn't young and arrogant and full of egotism. You know, he said, take him with you. I don't need him. And the Bible says Barnabas and Paul split. And, and Paul said, John Mark deserted me. Demas has deserted me. But then Paul has a change of heart. In 2 Timothy 4.11, he says, bring John Mark with you. Bring me the parchments, bring me my cloak, and bring me John Mark, who is now profitable to me in the ministry. And that's the power of reconciliation. I don't know what relationships you've had to distance yourself from. You know, in my life of ministry, I have, I've had some great ministry friends and partners, some that I see at a distance, some that I see regularly. But there's some I haven't seen in years. And I, I could just imagine the hurtful uh, portion of Paul's heart that he felt deserted by, by John Mark. And he said, you know what, John Mark, you're of no use to me. But then he has a change of heart and he says, bring him to me. You know, the Bible says that God is a God of reconciliation. That God wants to bring us back together. And I just love the fact that John Mark, you know, was able still to be used in ministry. Not because man had told him, you can be used now. No, because God told him, I have need of you. And the Lord God has put his hand on you. He's put his touch on you. And he wants to anoint you. And, and maybe you have broken fellowship. Maybe you've broken fellowship with the church over COVID. Maybe you've broken fellowship with your family or your friends or people that loved you. But I want to remind you that you're still of useful, usefulness in the kingdom of God. God can still use you in a tremendous way. In a tremendous way. I want to be an encourager in these last days. I want to be a, a, a Philemon that Paul can say, okay, now bring him back as a brother. I want to be a John Mark. I want to be a Paul that says, now bring John Mark to me because he's useful to me in the ministry. You know, and that's the ministry that God has given us is the ministry of reconciliation. I love to preach to inmates because they're the ones that are forgotten. They're the ones that have been deserted. I mean, they've done a lot of damage. Let's be honest. But if they reconcile their hearts with God and God forgives them and God gives them fellowship, who are we, the church of Jesus Christ, to say you can't be useful in the ministry? No, God can still use them where they are. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 is my closing verse. Paul says like this to Timothy, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Notice that. He says, the things that you've heard from me teach to others also. And then he says, I want you to compete as an athlete. He says, also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. You know, maybe you've broken the rules. Maybe you've gone out of bounds. Maybe you're like, you know, that, in that football game where the ref has thrown a penalty flag on you, the yellow flag, and now you got to go back. Maybe you feel like you're starting from the beginning. Maybe you feel like, man, I messed up, I erred, I dropped the ball, I walked out, I, I left, I, I neglected my responsibilities. But God has a coach on your sidelines, and your coach says, you know what, I got the red flag of forgiveness. I got the red flag of redemption, and that wasn't exactly the call. And so God is going to reverse the call. God can reverse your mistakes. He can reverse 
uh, the call that was made against you and, and you can be redeemed and you can be sanctified. And if you've heard the Lord's voice today, if you made a bad call, if you made a bad judgment call, the Lord is on your sidelines and he's throwing that red flag on your behalf. And I want to challenge you, be an encourager in these last days. May the Lord bless you and be with you this week. Amen.